0: so uh, first of all i am ashmit uh, from uh, from varanasi i have completed uh, my uh, post graduation from delhi uh, university and today i uh, uh, i am listening to you from last more than one year the question today is ki, why so easily we get so much convinced by anything. Mm. A few of my family members and friends follow things like energy, energy healing, and uh, other spiritual teachers just because they sound spiritually convincing or scientifically convincing or logically convincing. So I also want to convince them that this is not very much right. So how to prevent that how
1: to go with this? Your question was that uh, people get very easily convinced by things like vibrations, energy, and many other superstitious and pseudo scientific terms, concepts, theories. Hmm? and you asked why does that happen am i right yes sir All
0: right why does that happen and uh, how can we uh, convince convince those people and how can we make them more uh, how can we make them understand key what is right and uh, what what should be done in this
1: see if we can understand analysis. why that happens we will also know hmm? whether to convince, how to convince, when to convince, etc., right? First of all, let us go into what that thing really is. You see, we do not lead lives of truth. I hmm? will start from something that is very real, very close, very obvious and very intimate to us. Hmm? No theories, please. That's the first thing in spirituality start from where you already are begin from what you already know begin from something that is beyond dispute Hmm? so if we look at ourselves if we look at our lives and for sure we do exist otherwise that this conversation wouldn't have been taking place. So it's beyond dispute that you and I exist and those who speak to you, the ones you are referring to, they too exist in our frame of reference. How do we exist? When you look at the life of uh, the common man, how does he exist? Does he lead a life of great sharpness, understanding, equity, depth, insight? Do we really understand anything, Hmm? forget about whether we understand what real spirituality is about, do we understand why we move in a certain way, why we work in a particular place, why we make a certain decision, why we enroll in a particular course, why we marry a particular person, Hmm? why even we um, are fond of a particular color or a particular trouser or T-shirt or something, we just uh, move about in a haze and we have become very accustomed to hazy vision and uh, random Hmm. movement. So much so that it stops bothering us after a point and we lose the very inclination to question it. Hmm? The urge to know, very curiosity, the spirit to question is just lost. Hmm? Also after a point in life, we develop stakes in falseness, are you getting it? Questioning then becomes dangerous. If you question, then the falseness of something you might be heavily invested in would be revealed to you and when that falseness would be revealed to you, you will be forced to withdraw your investment or it would be exposed that your investment has gone waste. Hmm? We do not really have the courage to uh, face that kind of a reality. Who wants to come to know that what he has uh, invested his last 10 or 20 or 40 years in is just a wastage. So we let the false continue, prevail and even pretend to be the truth and that becomes our default mode of functioning. Are you getting it? So we start leading false lives altogether. It's not just that in spirituality we are mistaken, remaining mistaken becomes our preferred mode of functioning, our very mind, hmm, the consciousness itself becomes mistaken at its very center. And the more you stay mistaken, the more you want to remain mistaken. Because now your world is nothing but a world of your mistakes and you are attached to your world, right? You want to proclaim that you are a man of effort and success. If you are attached to your world and your world is one of mistakes, then you are actually attached to your mistakes, your, your inebriation, your inner haze, your nebulous decisions and you don't want to call yourself out. You say let the status quo continue. Why rock the boat? Why create disturbance? Why disrupt? What is going on? So we become status quoists. We think that we are just letting um, our, our haze and our ignorance continue in one aspect of our life, but as we just said, it becomes a default mode of functioning irrespective of what we are doing then. We lose the faculty to inquire and question. Hmm? Even if we are now out to buy bananas, it becomes beyond us to really inquire deeply. You might be thinking this to be trivial. No, it's not. The one who has lost the sense to inquire, the one who has lost all love for truth is not going to really inquire in any situation of his life. So all kinds of lies, deceptions, falsenesses will dance around him and he will happily entertain them. Right. So this is the now ecosystem in which a fraudulent spiritual teacher emerges. Now this teacher is sharp to an extent, at least sharper than the common man. He gets up, he looks around and he says, "Ah, all this entire population around me is so ready to be fooled, they are begging to be cheated, in fact, they are already living very blind lives. The moment is ripe for me to ascend and dominate their minds. And so, he ascends very steeply. He has caught your weak nerve. He knows where to hit you. He knows where your buttons and handles are. He knows that he can get away with any kind of conceptual tomfoolery. Nobody is going to dissent and question. People just don't have it in them. to question something that several others seem to be coolly accepting. In fact, the very norm of truth becomes popularity or general acceptance. If a thousand people accept something, then the thousand first need not even go into the veracity of that thing. The thousand people before him who accepted that thing are sufficient. Why inquire? So, all you need is to tell the thousand first person that see a thousand people before you have subscribed to what I am saying. Now, you don't even need those thousand people to actually subscribe to you. You just need to create that kind of an impression. You just need to make it feel to everybody that you are a big man followed by lakhs and millions. The moment you create this impression in the spiritual market, people will blindly follow you. We are sheep. Spirituality, by its very distorted definition, itself is something beyond logic. So, now you can say anything that is absolutely idiotic and it won't be questioned. Why? Because spirituality is supposed to be beyond logic. So, that's how these things. Uh, Prevade and multiply and become the common culture, but remember that the main culprit is not the one who propagates such falsehood. The main culprit is the common man who is anyway living a life of self-deception. When you are so, when you are so inclined to deceive yourself? Why will others not come and deceive you? The others are to be blamed later. First of all, we ourselves are to blame. Had we had some love for reality, Some spine against falseness, then such charlatans would not have arisen at all in the first place. So, we are the ones who should be blamed. Hmm? Also, you know what happens if you are accustomed to lies and comfortable falsehoods. Then you start rejecting the truth even if the truth somehow tries to make its way to you. So, then it becomes a public conspiracy against the truth. We will not allow the truth to strike roots. It is dangerous for you, it is dangerous for me. So, the two of us are united in our fear against the truth. And then, that ecosystem loses whatever little remaining possibility there was for the light of the truth. And the false becomes all pervasive, it's just that the false is false. Therefore, it cannot continue for too long. Sooner than later it will crumble under its own weight. So that's how it happens. Uh, you are with me till this point? Yes, sir, Smith?
0: Yes, sir. Yes,
1: sir. Alright. So So I have a follow-up to
0: Ashmit's question. So my question was, you said that even the mature people of the society are following these uh, so-called gurus and they are blindly following them. So I wanted to ask, so uh, what is the thing that is stopping them from, I wanted to ask, so even if we assume that the normal people of the society follow the gurus, but what about the scientists and the intellectual people So, what is the thing that is stopping them from um, inquiring into the thing and uh, are they afraid of the society or what is the thing that is stopping them?
1: What is your name, please?
0: Sir, my name is Bhushan.
1: Bhushan, we started from a point, you remember that. We said because we lead lives of falseness, so it becomes conducive for more falseness to capture us. It does not matter whether one is a teacher or a scientist, an explorer or a researcher. Look at how he is leading his life. Hmm? What do you think? What do you think scientists are uh, all inwardly very honest to themselves? No, not at all. If science remains just a... a thing of employment to you, just a profession to you, then inwardly you can remain very very unscientific. You will keep researching on the things that you will see around you, but you will never research on the thing inside you. So, it should not surprise you that even scientists are prone to being superstitious. And you will be amazed at the kind of superstition you might find in the scientific community. It is because of lack of self-knowledge. And self-knowledge is not a necessary accompaniment of worldly knowledge, you might know everything about atoms and molecules and still not know anything about yourself. You might know how the waves function and how the universe proceeds, but you may not know how the mind functions and how your Desires and tendencies proceed. I'm asking you, does becoming a scientist rid you of fear and jealousy? Not at all. Does becoming a scientist rid you of violence? No, not at all. So, this is a superstition, that if you are trained in science, you will be automatically liberated of superstition. Not true. Being trained in science just gives you a little more ammunition to avoid superstition. But whether or not you will use that ammunition still depends on your inner tendencies. Yes. And knowledge of those inner tendencies is not contained in any book of science. That has to be done through rigorous self observation. So, do not think that these are two ends of the spectrum. science and superstition, no not at all. In fact, science and superstition can very comfortably coexist within the same person. The opposite of the superstitious mind is not the scientific mind. The opposite of the superstitious mind is the spiritual mind. Unfortunately. Most people do not understand that, even the framers of our constitution had no understanding of this thing. So, in the constitution, when they have spoken against superstition, for example, in the directive principles of state policy, they have said, we do not want superstition, so we want to cultivate a scientific temper. In India's population. Now, this is a lot of nonsense. Because scientific temper will not eradicate superstition. They should have written spiritual temper. Only spiritual temper can rid you of superstition. But then, the framers of our constitution were just too secular to include the word spirituality in constitution. Hmm. They thought spirituality is synonymous with communalism, with partisan attitude or bigotry. So they stayed clear of spirituality. They did not include spirituality even in the school and college curricula after independence, hmm? this is a great superstition to think that superstition can be taken care of by science or by rationality. You know we have we have these organizations groups in the country who, who fight against superstition and they call themselves rationalists or free thinkers they are superstitious in their own way their central superstition is that rationality can fight superstition you see you have to understand the superstitious entity the ego is the first superstition, why? Because the ego thinks it is, whereas it is not. When you are not and you think you are, that is the fundamental superstition. No, Superstition is to believe in something that does not exist. The first thing that does not exist is the ego itself, but it has a great belief in its own existence. So, the ego is bound to be superstitious, because it itself is the first superstition, but we do not want to get into these things, we become afraid. The constitution was being framed at the time when religious hatred and passion and tempers and violence in the country were very, very high, there was a lot of bloodshed. So, these educated people became very afraid of religion. They said, if we talk of religion, then again there will be bloodshed. They did not understand the, the difference between religion and spirituality. They did not know the difference between a belief system and inquiry. What you call as religion is just an organized belief system believe in this, believe in that. Whereas spirituality is just an invitation to inquiry. There is hardly anything common between frozen belief and youthful inquiry, Hmm? getting it? Just do not think that by being well educated or well read or thoughtful, you have liberated yourself of superstition. Most people live in all kinds of superstition because they have no self-knowledge and I said the ego is the first superstition. As long as the false self remains, the mother superstition remains. But you know it, it boosts the ego to call that illiterate tribal superstitious, why? Because he believes in gods and goddesses and magical powers of that great old tree. So you say oh he is so superstitious, he believes that the trees can speak, Hmm? he believes that that particular rock can do some magic, but look at your own life. You chase a man or a woman and you think that that rock can do some magic for you, how are you not superstitious? Thinking that a rock can weave magic is superstition. But thinking that a new job can do magic for you is not superstition. The latter is even more vicious superstition because it is difficult to call it out and remove it, something is outside of you, you can easily wipe it away, when the thing is inside of you, it requires courage to pluck it out, yes, sir. is it an easy yes or a difficult yes? Never say yes easily, never. Your default should be no. I am not asking you to never say yes. I am saying put a premiere on acceptance. Your acceptance must come at a price. Let the other person. Be worthy of your acceptance, only then must you say, Yes. And then your Yes is solemn, your Yes has then some sacredness.